Hail and well met, everybody. Welcome to Geek Thyself, a show by nerds, for nerds, who love geeking out over random facts and esoteric trivia. My name is Heather. I'm Russell. And we'll be your hosts for this journey through the wondrous land of information. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Geek Thyself. Hi, everybody. We're doing the thing. I don't know why I always say it like that, but I just like it now, and it's become a th- it's just become <laughs> my thing that I say we're doing the thing. That's fine. <laughs> you're you're allowed to have a thing and a way you like to say something. It's a catchphrase, right? Yeah, I guess. I guess. I, I don't know about that, but oh boy, that was a fast tangent. Okay, back on topic <laughs> before we've even said the topic. Okay, so this is one of your kind of suggested topics because yes. it's not something I knew about but it sounded really interesting mm-hmm. because yeah. I think it's fun yeah and yeah. we're both uh, role-play, uh, tabletop roleplay gamers so it's oh, well, very really? fitting for us oh I've never I've never played a roleplay game never oh, never no, no never at all no nope, never <laughs> played one don't know what you talked about uh, so yeah this topic this week's topic is called lit rpg and Mm -hmm. it's not just an rpg that's going really well so it's lit (laughs) (laughs) no i regret that joke immediately but it's staying (laughs) in it's staying in i feel i feel old and don't like it okay uh but no seriously it's called lit rpg like i said heather knows more about this uh, than i do so you had said you had like a definition of it i think yes so, uh, Lit RPG is a short name that gets used to refer to literary role-playing game. And it's a type of literature genre that basically combines some of the standard conventions of a role-playing game, such as leveling and getting new skills and getting bonuses to your stats, things like that. And it combines it with science fiction and fantasy novels. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when you first sort of, sort of described this to me, I know this isn't what it is, but it kind of like reminded me a little of this. Do you remember those choose your own adventure books? Yes. Well, yeah, because that's like that's kind of like where my brain went originally. Because it's like you read through and then you get to pick what you want to be doing, and then you follow the book through. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, because obviously that is a literature RPG. Like, you're being placed into the book and you get to pick how uh, what you want to do and how it ends. Uh, obviously, that still makes sense for you, but that was just what I immediately thought about. Uh, I remember doing the <laughs> Doctor Who Choose Your Own Adventures because, of course, I did Do- Doctor Who ones. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how common there are, like, uh, in the US. I don't know if they're a big thing or not. They, there are some that exist. They're geared mm. more towards kids. There's not a lot of adult yeah, yeah. ones. And yeah, I don't, there's I don't actually, think they're ever geared towards adults, really. No. And there's actually some games that have become more like that. And, like, Netflix, I don't know if they released it over there in the UK, but Netflix did a show, uh, it's a Black Mirror episode, but it's called Bandersnatch. And oh, I have heard of this one. Yeah, it's basically a choose-your-own ending. Like, you get to keep picking different choices over and over and over again and see what oh, happens. Wow. How many endings are there, though? Like I, that's... Ooh, I'd have to look that up. I don't know. Yeah, There's like, because for a TV show, that's got to be hell. That <laughs> has to be hell. Like, 
I bet the recording guys got there, read this script, and you went, what? Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know that just doing one alternate ending sucks. Absolutely sucks. But then you've got to do one for multiple things and then change some scenes because of it. Oh, that's got to be like... That's just a... That is a big nightmare of paperwork. It's just like, okay, we've got this version of the shot. Now we've got to get this version. And now we've mm-hmm. got three takes of that version. And now the next... Ver- uh, did we miss this one? Oh, well, we can't go back now. <laughs> yeah, they did a lot of... Um, I, I didn't personally care for Black Mirror. I don't like that type of show or, like, Twilight Zone type of shows. My husband, though, um, loves them. Yes, and I remember you so, saying. Yeah, and he watched Bandersnatch and did a couple of the different endings. They did a lot of cut shots where it they would... Um, you're looking at one person and then you're looking at the other character, like a very cut, cut scene type of um, That would have made it easier. That would have made so, it easier just because then you could record that person like on that uh-huh. bit and then move away. But yeah, that's that's just like a logistics nightmare. Yeah, they did, a, they did a lot of camera angles where they like were looking at one person with the camera and then they were looking at the other person. They didn't do a lot of like both people... Anytime they were getting close to a decision that had to be made, it was very, like, two cameras, one on each person sort of situation, as opposed to having one camera that showed both of them at the same time. So I think I think that's how they did it, to make it as easy as possible for themselves to have the different endings, which totally makes sense. Yeah, totally, um, because uh, I believe Black Mirror was like an hour-long episode, wasn't it? Or more, depending on how many yeah. times you go through the endings. Well, yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, that's the regular episode length. Mm -hmm. So then you've got to think about, like, how many choices they're making and how many Mm -hmm. options there are and how all of them affect the ends. Oh, that's... It's a headache. (laughs) Oh, that's a real headache. I'm pretty sure it's great and it works really well. But, man, that's got to have been so annoying. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, um, but things like that are some of the precursors to uh, lit RPG. And the the term lit RPG got started more so in like 2013, but the type of book has actually been around longer with one of the earliest ones um, being Larry Niven and Stephen Barnes's Dream Park in 1981, which had a setting of LARP-like games that were like a kind of reality show in the future. And there's been others like um, Andre Norton wrote one in 1978 called Quag Keep where where you enter a world of characters that are in basically of a D&D game so it's it's been an idea before and depending on how it's written there it's kind of 50 50 from the ones I've read and I actually like this genre because it combines two things that I love which is science fiction fantasy novels and, and tabletop role-playing games. So yeah. it's, like, the perfect genre for me. Yeah, because you said you've been, like, hooked on them for the past week or so? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've read a couple here and there, but, yeah, I've found a couple that I'm... a couple of worlds that I'm really hooked on. Um, but the basic idea is that it's a science fiction fantasy novel, but depending on how it's written, sometimes you're, you're, the characters are, like, pulled into a game Kind of like those animes that exist, like Horizon. Uh, and then uh, there's... Oh, Line Horizon. 
Yeah, there's one more. What I can't remember what it's called. Where people oh. get stuck inside the role playing game. Yeah, there's like there's the one that's game like, and Sword yeah. Art Online. That's the one I was trying to think of. The yeah. one where they were pulled into a virtual world and they had that, and if uh-huh. they can't leave, yeah, yeah, uh, it's it's yeah. kind of that idea. And they're for some of the stories. For other stories, the world is just like this, and nobody knows why the world is like this. It just always has been. Um, one story that I'm reading right now, um, a series called Dungeonborn, is interesting because instead of the main characters being the adventurers the main characters are actually it's actually the dungeon (laughs) oh so how does that work so the dungeon is sentient okay basically the premise of that world it's not supposed to be like a video game at least from everything i've seen so far it doesn't sound like it's supposed to be in that world there's basically like energy called essence it's not your soul, so he's not eating people's souls. But this essence that gets released is some of, like, the life energy of your body. So anytime something dies inside his dungeon, he gets the life essence, which then lets him expand and grow bigger and become more intelligent. Okay. So, what I would assume that essence is could be, if they're, like, spellcasters, it could be, like, their spell slots they haven't used. If mm-hmm. it's a lot of magic users, and then yep. like Mana's fighters like the, too. yeah, like the abilities <laughs> they haven't used, like and maybe their hit dice if you want to get into that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So basically, the idea is that anything that has any kind of a life essence, he can absorb that into him, and use it as energy to fuel himself and keep himself fed, basically, but also to. Uh, expand his dungeon to get more and more essence so that he can continue to improve himself. So it's it's kind of an interesting idea. And throughout the stories, I, I don't want to give tons of spoilers, obviously. Oh, yeah, totally not. But throughout the stories, you find out more about how the different ideas of essence work and how humans use essence and what they can use it for. Um, and And the other races, like there's elves and dwarves and stuff like that. So it's an interesting story. I like it a lot. Yeah. And you say, like, it's a series? It's a series. It's called the uh, Divine Dungeon series. It's by Dakota Kraut. K-R-O-U-T. And I really like it. Um, It's also available on Audible for anyone who prefers to listen to audiobooks as opposed to read. Um, I know my husband likes audiobooks. So. How did you know I was on Audible typing in what this series was? I know it okay. exists on Audible because Mike has several of them. Yep, there it's are a, five books. Yeah, it's a five book series. <laughs> yep, mm-hmm. Um, okay, um, uh, buy now with credit and confirm. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, I, would, I had two credits. I will happily give this a shot because it sounds, like, very cool. But yeah, everyone I, already I've knows... Really like, been enjoying yeah, uh, we've talked about it before that I struggle with reading like words mm-hmm. on the page, but I enjoy stories a lot. Yeah. So yeah, and that sounds I, super cool. I think it's a cool story idea. And um, there's others too. There's one I've been reading called, uh, well, I've caught up to where the author has gotten because I read too quick. But um, <laughs> there's a series called Threadbare. Um uh, spelled exactly like you would expect it to be, like threadbare pants kind of thing. 
and it's uh, the main character is a teddy bear who gets turned into a golem. A golem? A golem. Like what kind of, like so, as in like a stone golem? No, like he's a teddy bear golem. He's a toy golem. Oh, that's cute. And he gets to level up and learn how to fight and to protect his little girl. Oh. It's freaking adorable. No, um, <laughs> no, I'm not, no, that's adorable. And um, what really drew me in actually was the cover of the first book has yeah. this teddy bear holding a knife like a sword. And oh, next to him no. is the family cat who's also fighting with him because they're, they're up against a bunch of rats. So they're protecting themselves. It's really cute. But um, no, Heather, you can't do this to me. <laughs> um, so in that one, um, and I don't want to give away too much because it's actually a se- several series. So each set of books is, I, I think the first one and the second one I know for sure was a, are trilogies. Um, and I think the, I don't know if the next one's going to be or not. But the, and you've caught up with all these already. Yeah, the only one I haven't read is the one that's like a prequel book that I'm, I I have it downloaded. I just haven't read okay. it yet. Uh, okay, so Heather, when did you start these? Mm-hmm. That particular series? Maybe two to three weeks ago? Jeez. <laughs> you just go through them so quick. And I've, I'm on book five of the Dungeonborn series. Oh, and when did you start that one? Uh, Friday. Oh my god. <laughs> it's Tuesday. I know. I've mentioned that I read ridiculously fast, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have, but I just, that's, that's, that's not normal. <laughs> like yeah, that's beyond fast i know oh. no I'm, it... I'm just impressed i'm just impressed because like i know you said that you read quick but i've never had like an example to follow i'm like oh okay that's <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the reaction you're having is the same one that mike has and it's why i have a kindle unlimited account because yeah. it saves me a lot of money yeah, I remember you talking about this, and yeah, you can damn right that's going to save you a lot of money. <laughs> um, but you only ser- have to read like two books to like a month to get like value out of it, and you're reading like two a day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's ridiculous! <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, but I really like the genre as a whole, and the yeah. um, the threadbare novels, just in case anyone is interested in reading those. I'm just looking up the author right now. Okay, so Threadbare. Oh, I forgot about that. The first novel, uh, Threadbare Volume 1, Stuff and Nonsense. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, it's adorable. And, uh... It's available on Kindle for anyone who has a Kindle. It's also it's available also on Audible. Uh, yep. Uh, <laughs> and the author is Andrew Siepel? I think that's how you say his name. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, but it's a three-book series, and then the second series in that is called Small Medium. 
Um, and the three books there, it's uh, Small, Medium, Big Trouble, Small, Medium, At Large, and Small, Medium, Well Done. So uh, yeah. all of his book titles have a little bit of a pun. Like the second book in the Threadbare series is So, so S-E-W. As in, yeah, you want to be so a hero. So you want to be a hero. Yeah, and then the the third is the right to bear arms. To, the right oh, no, to sorry. arm bears. <laughs> <laughs> the right to arm bears. What? Oh, oh that's and amazing. The newest series in that set of books is called uh, Blasphemy Online, and I haven't started reading that book yet. But the first one is called Dragon Hack. So, um. Later in the series, we, and this doesn't really ruin anything because it's the style of book, so it kind of is self-explanatory for most people, but a lot of these book series, in some way, shape, or form, these worlds that you're reading about exist inside of some kind of a game or some type of a virtual space. So, like, in the Threadbare novels, they talk about, you know, a, a while ago, no one had these different level up things that they had options on and then you know a generation or two ago suddenly it became a thing and now everyone has these little level up options and you can train in different jobs and all this kind of stuff but before then no one had jobs like this it everyone just existed as they were oh wow okay. and then in That's the media cool. in the small medium novels you find out that there are people in the world who call themselves players Mm. who've been oh. trapped inside the the world that they're in, the Threadbare yeah. world, uh, through means they don't understand and that they're from a different world and all this kind of stuff. Interesting. And then the Blasphemy Online series is supposed to be about how the game came to be the way it was in the Threadbare novels oh, and everything. Oh, okay, so they're it's all interconnected. Supposed, That's super cool. Yeah, it's supposed to be a futuristic world where certain things are seen as blasphemous by a church who's taken power. And yep. so some of the role-playing games online are one of those things, and so people escape into it to get away from the world that's not fun for them anymore. And then it... That makes goes from there. Sense. I haven't read the first one, so that first book, so I don't know much about that section of the series yet. Mm, interesting. But yeah, that's the basic idea of a lit RPG, is that it's not always inside of a game. Like, the Dungeonborn mm. one is not inside of a game. It's just, this is the way that world exists. But some of the tropes and the different aspects of it are going to be very, very familiar to anyone who's ever played a role-playing game. So if you yeah. like sci-fi fantasy novels, um, and if you like role-playing games, it might be a genre you'll enjoy if you can find the right authors, because yeah, that's yeah, basically totally. what it is. It's a combination of the two. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. So I feel like we should... This is probably a good place just to jump into our break. And then mm -hmm. we'll come back out and do a little bit more talking about perhaps some other ones that you're looking at and that kind of thing. And then we'll call it a, a wrap. All right. See you in a minute, guys. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the mid-roll. Hiya. <laughs> so we're going to start by talking about our amazing sponsors. Like always, I want to talk about World Anvil. 
World Anvil is the most robust world building and campaign management software that exists. We know this because they won an any for it. And also because Logan has tested all of them and found this to be the best one. And I trust his yeah. judgment. He spent a lot of time looking, I remember. <laughs> he did. Um, so it's worldanvil.com. It's an amazing site where you can flesh out your world. You can create basically a wiki page for any worlds you're developing. You can link different characters. You can link characters to different places. You can create different articles that deal with the different aspects of your world. And it's just really amazing, and I can't recommend it enough. Yep. Okay. And also supporting the whole network, the whole network is Die Hard Dice. Uh, Die Hard Dice have beautiful polymer dice, and more specifically, their metal dice, which they make the molds for themselves. They color test all their dice in house, and if they're not happy with the color, they just keep on trying. They do that with all of their dice. They've got single color dice, which look gorgeous. They've got dual color series with the spellbind stuff, which are a mix of dual colors. They had the brimstone mm -hmm. ones, which I think they're still selling. Uh, they're gorgeous too. Like uh, they have one where the ink, like the inked letters, are those colors, and then the rest of the dice is like gunmetal gray. They're so gorgeous. They have great accessories like the score of rolling. Uh, in like two different colors and we've talked about that for to death and i'll keep talking about it because it's amazing uh you can search by class by color and uh, by everything else they have great shipping prices uh so if you do find anything you like you can use the code geek thyself to get 15 percent off your first or next order that's 1515 uh and apart from that uh, if you just want to find the best dice available we love them we've loved them for over a year now you can just go to, go to just go to dieharddice.com and roll with the best all right so now we've done all that let's get back into the episode talking about lit rpgs they're super fun yes yes i enjoy them a lot and they're not, like I was mentioning, they're not all necessarily ones where you're inserted into a game world. There's a lot where you're yeah. not. Um, an example, actually. I don't know actually... which ones. Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I don't know which I would um, like, uh, like more, honestly. I'm not sure which, like, if I prefer it to be its own world or if it's got the references to it being a game. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like both. I mean, regardless of... Um, I guess the best way to say it is that regardless of whether it's supposed to be inside a game or not, there's st still certain tropes that are going to... Uh, pop up for anyone who's oh, yeah, played totally. an RPG. So you're still going like, to see them. Yeah. I just, I also like the references as like they're being players. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, like the dungeon one sounds really interesting because just how it's fighting against people entering in it. And I assume like you have times where it's maybe not interacting with those people, but at least seeing them and then choosing what to do. And I felt like that's really cool. Mm -hmm. There's yeah. another series I've been reading, actually. Same idea. It's yeah. called uh, Wandering Monsters by Elliot Kay. Okay. Um, there's only two books so far, so I've already read them both. Of course you have. <laughs> but um, in that book series, it's the monsters who are the heroes. Um, so it's a lit RPG. You, you get to hear about, you know, different skills and abilities and... 
there's some very like tabletop RPG type of setting ideas and like different people are good at different character uh, different skills like you've very clearly got a person who's like the rogue <laughs> amongst the group but basically the idea is that and they talk about this in the beginning so this is not giving much away basically the king of the country that they're in has decided that any monster anyone who has a goblin any type of goblin or monster is no longer welcome in his country and has started trying to get rid of them all from different areas so it's it's very unfortunately racially charged opening but because of that certain people such as the main characters who are all actually good people but they didn't have any job options or choices really so they ended up going and working for an evil wizard I mean, then, we've all been there. Yeah. And then the evil wizard's compound is getting raided by adventurers. Right. So they so... have to try to escape with their lives and all this kind of stuff. Okay, so they basically don't want to fight the adventurers, but the adventurers are maybe being slightly murder hobery. Yes, extremely. <laughs> uh, ah, okay. So it's <laughs> kind of interesting. So they're essentially on the run from the adventurers. Uh-huh. In the beginning, yeah. Uh, okay. See... Uh, my sort of thing with that is I know that my kind of adventurers wouldn't chase them the, like if they were literally running away but mm. I also know that I have been in parties that might have done <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I don't know it depends like what kind of monster they were like how perceived of a threat they could be to other people I guess mm. well in this uh, case we're talking about like a half orc and a mm. goblin and okay. a, a knoll. So, so nothing like beholders or and anything And a hobgoblin. Like that. No. Okay. No, this, this is like, they're all goblinoid based. Yeah. Basically. So they're not, there's, there's so like, the they're not like inherently a threat to much anything. Right. They're not inherently evil. They're just getting treated as evil. And the idea is that up until a few years ago in the, in the kingdom, they were you know, people might have still given them kind of a wide berth, but they were in the country. Like, they were throughout different towns and cities. And, like, one of the characters is a half-orc, and you find out way, way, way later, you know, how his parentage came to be. It's a little bit of, like, an emotional point in the book, so I don't want to say it because it's a spoiler. But, like, you, you find out where he comes from and how a half-orc came to be, and it's not anything bad. <laughs> I, I was going to say, yeah, that that seems very ominous because I've read the D&D, like, original supplement for that kind of thing. I'm like, whoa, mm -hmm. okay, you're just going to put that in the book. They didn't put that in 5e, thanks, thank uh, thank God. But uh, <laughs> I remember in, like, the first editions where those were existed, it's like, oh, okay, mm -hmm, that's, uh, that's not what I wanted to know. No, I agree. Uh, but, like, giving races a wide berth, I mean, some are still given wide berths anyway, like Tieflings and Dragonborns can be. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to remember what other ones, like, Half-Orcs in general can be as well. Uh, but yeah, like, so, like, giving, like, some of the races a wide berth doesn't make, like, isn't too surprising, because there are some of them that look intimidating, but perhaps aren't. Right. And I think that's partly where it comes from for some people in that particular story set. But that's a really good series, too. Wandering Monsters by Elliot Kay. I'll have to look that one up. Uh, and you said so. there are two books and you've read both of them? Yep. 
Okay. Uh, the ending you know... of the second one was just perfect. Oh, okay. It's like, it was like, such an in-your-face moment. I was like, yes, I love but it. But <laughs> then did it lead into, oh, God, I need the next one now? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem with reading so fast, is I catch up with the series, and then I'm just, like, drooling for the next book, and I have to wait. So, I read your books in a week. Where's the next one? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've so those are sort of the main series that you've sort of touched on. Uh, I suppose, like, there could be, like, good fan fiction for this as well. Like, I, I imagine there's probably good fan fiction for this kind of stuff. It seems probably. like... You know, like, because like, like any sort of person who write who writes about their party would technically count, I guess. Yeah, I guess obviously. That's yeah, I mean, like there are more tropes like alluding to the fact of them getting stronger and getting new abilities and stuff. But it wouldn't be very difficult to put those in or take them out. I guess. I'm just trying to think, like, of. Uh, I just. Uh, it seems like a fairly new like trend that might be starting which is good because there's always it's always room for new fun books i i do think it's newer yeah like or or perhaps like more coming out more recently because D &D and those kind of things are as popular as they are right now Mm -hmm. like thanks to all the stream shows like critical role and acquisitions incorporated and again uh all the shows on the network like we've got a community which is much larger than you'd expect from just having sort of one show, and we got like a ridiculous number of people following and following along with the story. It doesn't take too much for people to find those sort of interests. So I I don't mm-hmm. see like I I'm sorry no I see why it could become like an interested topic if that makes sense. Yes, I would agree yeah. with you, and I think it's interesting too. There's um there's two main. Well, okay, there's like three main kinds of stories in the lit RPG world that I've noticed so far anyway. Um, there's ones that are referred to as Dungeon Core, where, I mean, I think Dungeonborn is one of the first ones that I've heard of, but there's other books where basically you, you've become some kind of power core um, inside of a dungeon or something similar. Um, and there's some sci-fi ones where, like, the core gets used as part of, like, a defense mechanism or something. And then there's uh, kind of like the, uh, was it Anne McCaffrey, who had the books that had the ships with people inside them and the the um, pilots to go with it? Yeah. Do you know what uh, I, Like, I'm... the ship who sings? Uh... Do you know what I'm talking about? Hold on, I have to uh... look. I'm not entirely sure. Like, it kind of sounds familiar, but I don't know Yeah, the ship from. who sang... It is Anne McCaffrey. Yeah, it's it's basically about people who, in this futuristic setting, if they're born um, physically disabled but mentally capable, they have the option of being put inside of a ship that requires, like, a human intelligence to help control some of the mechanisms and stuff inside of it. Mm. I assume when you say um, ships, do you yeah. mean, like, like, like spaceships? Spaceship. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just making sure that, yeah, okay, that's... Yeah, they're huh. put inside, it's called, oh, the Brain Ship series is what they call it. Ah, they're, okay. They're put inside a brain ship, and it's Anne McCaffrey who wrote this, the one who wrote the Dragon Riders of Pern. Mm. And there's a couple of different books in the series, but not too many. 
Mm-hmm. It seems cool. I don't know. W- would you become a ship? <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, if if my choices were between becoming a a spaceship and um being trapped inside a human body that couldn't do anything but still having all my mental capabilities, I think I would choose to be a spaceship. As long as, like, you can talk to the people on the ship. Yeah, yeah, there's ways built in for that. Yeah, because otherwise it would be quite a lonely existence. Yeah, And I don't know if you could technically die. Mm, I can't remember, but basically there's, it's in those, it's like there's the brain ship, and then you have a brawn, who's your pilot. And the the brawn is, I mean, they're there to help you, but they're also there to like be your companion so that you're not on the ship by yourself. Oh. It, and they're there to help bit... pilot it. Okay, the, the first place my mind went to is this, is just like them falling in love with each other, but then the yeah. humans are in love with the ship. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that, that has that to happen. might happen in... in one of the books. It might, or it definitely does. <laughs> no comment? <laughs> the spoilers? Okay. I yeah. Okay, I won't say which book, but it does happen. Yeah. See, that's exactly where my mind... Like, because I just love love stories. I, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a real softie. Uh, so I'm like, oh no, but they're going to fall in love. Yep, you are correct. Uh, but yeah, so stories like that I just think are really fun. And for anyone who's a big RPG fan and also likes sci-fi fantasy, I definitely recommend that you check out some lit RPG books because you might yeah. enjoy them. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know that I've definitely already purchased one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this brain uh, this brain shit one sounds super cool now and I'm going to have to look it up because uh, I'm a softie for all these kind of things. <laughs> Yeah, I really like that series by Anne McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, and I think that's probably a good place to call this episode. So yeah, we'll talk to you I guys next so. week. Yeah, uh, we'll talk to you all very soon. Uh, have fun reading new books or listen to books if you're like me. And we'll talk to you all soon. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Geek Thyself. Don't forget to check out all the other amazing content on the Nerdsmith Network. If you have any questions for either of us, you can get in contact with us on Twitter at geek underscore thyself. You can also email us at geekthyself at nerdsmith.org. And please don't forget to go to iTunes and leave us a review or also go anywhere you listen to your podcasts. We'll be back next week with another informative and fun episode. And until then, don't forget to geek thyself.